How am I going to find a way to make someone else accountable for their thoughts? If I'm not responsible for mine, then it seems like they won't be responsible for theirs. We don't like that idea. But remember, I said, you're not responsible for your thoughts unless you think them. So that's the distinction that I'd like you to think about. It's as important to select your lines of thought as it is to select good food over poison. If you're given a choice between blackberries or poison berries, and you pick the poison berries, you're going to get sick. You pick the blackberries, you have nourishment, you have something sweet in your mouth, and you have some calories. You pick the poison berries, and you've got a long time down or dead. So, for example, there was a film about some boy, a teenager, who graduated high school, and he went to Alaska to live off the land. Well, he found the little bus that had been abandoned out in the wild. And so he went out there and he made this little bus, his school bus, it was an abandoned school bus, and he made it his home. And he lived off the land. And he had some books that he got from the library that showed him the different plant life and the different animals and the different things that he could eat while he was living off the land. He died eating poison plants that looked like another plant that were very similar. But he ate these plants and he ate these plants and he got worse and worse and worse and he couldn't understand why. And then one day he looked through the book and he noticed that the plant that he had been eating was a poisonous plant that looked very much like an edible plant. He ended up dying out there and they found him later. This is exactly what I mean. He selected the wrong food. He selected something that was poison instead of something that was nourishing to him. And this is the exact same thing with our lines of thought. We need to select our lines of thought. But there's no book to tell us really how to do that. And even if there were a book to tell us how to do that, we still have to do it. And we know that we're all rather sketchy when it comes to doing something. We can talk about it. We can dream about it. We can imagine that we can do it. But when it comes to actually doing it, well, sometimes we're not, well, we're never as good at it as we imagine that we're going to be. So we've got to understand a couple of things. First, you must understand we can have a thought but not think it. Now, this sounds like wordplay, but it's not. In the same way that you could have a gun in your hand but not use it. So it is possible to have a gun in your hand, but you don't have to use it. It's also possible to have a thought in your mind without following it, without getting hold of it, without using it. So this is the distinction that I'd like you to make in your own mind so that you can begin to understand this. If you could see a thought was false, you wouldn't think it. You wouldn't follow it. You wouldn't go with it. You wouldn't give your time and your force in the same way that you wouldn't sign your name to a contract you didn't wish to fulfill. Or you wouldn't sign your name to a check that you didn't want someone to cash. Next, we must understand when we're negative, we receive nothing but evil thoughts from the place in our mind that the work calls hell. Now, inside of all of us, there's a place called heaven and a place called hell. We don't Look at it that way because exoteric religions have placed heaven and hell outside of ourselves. Heaven somewhere up in the sky and hell somewhere down below the earth's surface. This is an exoteric way of understanding an esoteric truth. The esoteric truth is that you contain the universe just like the universe contains you. You are the microcosm of the macrocosm and the macrocosm is also in the microcosm that is you in the same way if you'll think about it if you take a bucket full of seawater it's the same seawater as the entire sea that it came out of when you pour it back into the sea it's indistinguishable when you take it out of the sea you have it in a container and it appears to be separate from the sea 
And in a sense, it is separate from the sea in that it is not in it anymore, but it is still the same substance. It's still the same material. It's still the same sea. It's just in a smaller container. We don't think often that the sea is in a container, but the truth is it is. The sea just comes so far and no further, and then we have the land. So the sea is actually contained, which means a container. To put some of the sea in a smaller container doesn't change the sea, the nature of the sea. It just changes the volume of it. So as I said, if you could see that a thought was false, you wouldn't bother thinking it, following it, going with it, giving it your time and your force. And so once we realize that there are thoughts that don't deserve our time and energy and force, thoughts that come from hell, thoughts that basically we always are subject to when we're negative. So if you're negative, the kinds of thoughts that will come into your mind always come from the same place. And that place in esoteric teachings is called hell. It may be your fault that you're negative, but not your fault that these thoughts come to you from this inner hell. Now our task, if we choose to develop, is to free ourselves when given the chance to do so. When are you given the chance to do so? Well, first of all, you've got to understand that it is possible for you to liberate yourself, that it is possible for you not to be negative, that it is possible for you not to think a thought just because it came in your mind, just as it is possible for you to pick up a stone and not throw it at someone. It is possible. You can pick up a stone and not throw it at someone. You could just hold it or you could put it down. You could pick up a gun and not use it. You can have a thought and not think it. This is the same thing that I'm talking about. Really is the same. Understand thoughts are good and evil. Thoughts are good and thoughts are evil. And what determines whether a thought is good or when a thought is evil is whether it takes us closer to our aim, closer to our transformation, closer to our development, closer to what we're here to do, or it takes us further away from it. Anything that takes us closer to it is a good thought. Anything that takes us further away from it is an evil thought. According to esoteric teachings, that's how it goes. I'm not here to argue with you about these things. I'm just here to present them. I present these ideas. You accept them or reject them according to your consciousness, according to your level of being, according to your understanding. If you wish to understand these ideas and you don't understand them, then it's your job, if you choose to accept it, to create the force of understanding in yourself so that you can expand your understanding, so that you can include these higher ideas, these greater ideas, these ideas that come from the conscious circle of humanity or people who have awakened. And once you do that, you have the opportunity to expand your consciousness, raise your level of being, and therefore liberate yourself from this state that we spend most of our time in, which is waking sleep, according to esoteric teachings. When we follow evil thoughts, our strength and our health are severely taxed and they're taxed in the same way that when we go to the airport in Skopje, every time, every what, there's three times we have to stop and we're basically taxed. We have to pay the toll. We have to make sure that in order for us to have them lift that gate and let us go forward and use the rest of the road, we have to pay money. Well, the same thing is involved with this. When we follow evil thoughts, there's a tax that we have to pay. And it's the tax for the right to be negative. We're attacked by evil thoughts constantly, even when we're not negative. People think that the only time that they have evil thoughts or they're subject to evil thoughts or that evil thoughts can cloud their mind is when they're negative. But this isn't true. Think of the world we live in. 
You could be positive, but evil thoughts are constantly bombarding you from all of the people in the world around you, from the news, from the newspaper, from magazines, from all of the things that people are doing and saying. Let's face it, on our planet, most people spend most of their time negative. Most people spend most of their time suspicious, complaining, conniving, lying, cheating, stealing, doing harm to one another, and it's because they're in this place where they're attacked by thoughts basically from hell. The state of consciousness, the state of mind in them, this place in their mind that esoteric teachings call hell, a lower state. Observe which thoughts are closest to you. When you come into a situation and today, you remember today when we went to get olives and we were leaving and a car was coming in while we were going out and we were both stuck, somebody had to back up. Do you remember that? You smiled at him, he smiled at you, but he didn't yield, so you backed up. And after we drove on a little bit, you said, in the past, I would have thought about that. Remember that? And that's because those thoughts were no longer as close to you as they used to be. So you're having different thoughts that are close to you because you're getting further and further from time to time. You're getting further and further from that place in you called hell, where these thoughts congregate, come from. So we can observe which thoughts are closest to us by the way we behave in certain situations. In that situation, the thought that was not right at hand, the thought that didn't jump right into your mind, that you didn't follow, was the thought to fight over who was going to go first. Instead, you yielded, you smiled, you let him go first, you backed up. Cain was told before he killed his brother. If you'll remember the story of Cain and Abel from Genesis chapter 4, in verses 6 and 8, Cain was told before he killed his brother, God said to him, if you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not well, sin is crouching at the door, and its desire is for you, but you must master it. If you keep good thoughts close to you, life is good. If suspicious, poisonous thoughts crouch at the door, wishing to get into the center of your consciousness, be alert and learn to master them. No one can do this for you. A tinfoil hat is not going to work. You're not going to be able to keep evil thoughts out of your mind by wearing a special helmet or a hat. It's something that has to be done inside of yourself because it comes from inside of you. It's not coming from outside of you. This place that esoteric teachings called hell is an inner hell, not an outer hell, not an exoteric hell, not a hell beneath the surface of the earth, but a hell beneath your conscious awareness, beneath your ordinary consciousness. These thoughts come from eyes in you that wish to destroy you and your possibility of development. If you develop, they go. It's a war in heaven. And when I say a war in heaven, I mean in a higher state in you. If heaven and hell are both in you, then this war between heaven and hell is in you. It's not something that's somewhere else. It's not something that there are angels and devils fighting out there. And even if there are, that's none of our concern. Our concern is simply this inner state called heaven, this inner state called hell in us, in our psychology. So much in the psychological, the spiritual world wishes to annihilate us. The shadow of impatience opens the door for them to rush in and overcome you. The reason that you didn't get into a fight with the guy today was because impatience didn't get hold of you. You were not in a hurry. You smiled. You backed up. Fine. You want to go? Go. He obviously was in a little bit more of a hurry, and he was not willing to back up. And so it took 
the stronger, or as we say in esoteric work, the person with the greater consciousness is the one who is able to yield. The person with a smaller consciousness, with a small level of being, with a tiny being, is unable to yield. He can't do it. He has to act mechanically. He has to stand for his right. He has to press. He has to fight. He has to resist. But a person who understands can be non-resistant, can back off, can yield. It comes from a higher state of consciousness. Our concern with the battle between good and evil in our world is limited to what's going on in us. We don't have to worry about what's going on outside of us. That's the only thing we have any hope of altering. You're not going to do much about what's happening out there. And if you do, the only way you're going to change what's happening out there is if you change your reaction to it in here. Then maybe someone else will be affected by it in a positive way, but maybe not. And when we change something in here, we're not doing it to have an effect out there. We're doing it only for ourselves. If someone else benefits from it, good for them. If not, then we benefit from it, and that's what we were aiming at. If you have evil thoughts and say I to them, you connect to the world of evil through identification. And when you do that, evil thoughts pour into the world through the portal that you have unwittingly become. This is what people don't understand. When you become negative and you're assaulted with evil thoughts, those evil thoughts are like pinholes that allow darkness to come into a world that would, without all of that, be more light. Remember, in esoteric teachings, it's said that the first thing that happened in creation was the Creator said, let there be light, and there was light. He never created darkness. The light was to separate the darkness, the night from the day. If you've made right effort and allowed esoteric ideas a place in you, you'll resist evil states and thoughts, and you'll be connected with the good. It's not a matter of connecting with something. It's like I told you today. It's not a matter of adding something to ourselves. This is a matter of taking things away. This is a matter of removing things, removing the blocks that keep us from reaching our real eye. And those things that keep us from reaching our real eye are things that we're identified with in the world. As we are, we don't understand evil. We start with negative emotions as our supreme evil, rather than fretting about giving up caffeine, nicotine, or chocolate. This is what the work teaches. It's not so interested in, well, you need to stop doing this, and you need to stop doing that, and you need to stop doing this other thing, and stop eating this, and stop drinking that. The work doesn't teach us that at all. What it tells us is, start with negative emotions. This is the first thing that you need to deal with. This is the supreme evil in you. This is something that you need to stop. If you can stop this, then all the other things will follow. Now, using these ideas to distinguish between good and evil thoughts is vital to our inner development. The problem with us is we can't really distinguish between good and evil because we don't see the big picture. But those who have awakened, those who have gone before us, have given us the clues and given us the understanding or the ideas that we could understand that can guide us in selecting between good and evil, in distinguishing and choosing which is a better path for us to take a path that will take us to our inner development. As we are, when esoteric ideas find us, we have no clear guide with our best interest at heart. Your father may have an interest in what you do, and your mother may have an interest in what you do, and your teachers may have an interest in what you do, but none of it takes your best interest at heart. Their interest is always involved in that. Even with the best intentions, we may easily go in the wrong direction. 
An example is traveling roads in Thessaloniki. Do you remember when we were in Thessaloniki? You were driving. It was easy to get turned around and lost, wasn't it? We were looking for the ring road, and every road didn't look like it was going to lead to the ring road. And the signs were here and there, and we thought, what kind of signs are these? They don't tell us until we're past the place almost. Or they tell us when we're right up on it that you had to turn here, turn there. And you look at the road, and you think, that can't be a road to a big road. Who would take that road? One says left, one says right. Yeah, one says left, one says right, exactly. So it was very confusing. So you had the best interest for you and your family. You wanted us all to get to the ring road so that we could find our way to where we wanted to go. But even with your best intentions, you easily went in the wrong direction. You easily took the wrong road. And so it was so easy for us to get turned around and lost. And this is the same thing that happens to us in our psychological or our spiritual internal world. Ideas, these higher ideas, act as an internal GPS. So they guide you when you can't see your own way because you're not up in this satellite. And this is a great example because a GPS is satellite guidance. And what happens is the satellite far above us or satellites far above us beam down a signal and triangulate so that we can see exactly where we are on a GPS. You can tell the exact speed that you're going and exactly where you are and it'll give you a place on a map where you can find yourself and that map can tell you where to go to get to where you want to be. Higher ideas coming from the conscious circle of humanity which is basically above us in a satellite position can see things more objectively than we do and because of that those ideas can act as a guide that can lead us to where we want to go. Without such guidelines, our inner states get worse and worse. Man is not getting better. Mankind is not improving when it comes to their spiritual nature. We're still having wars. People are still stealing from one another, murdering one another. What is it you told me today? That Serbia, there's a war getting started there or there's problems getting started there again? Well, that's exactly it. Didn't they learn from the last time? No, and the last time was what, in the 90s? Was in 96, was it? No, uh, 2000, 2001, I think. 2001, okay. So my point is, it's like 10 years, what, every 10 years we have to have a war? This is not getting better. This is not mankind improving. Just because we have computers, just because we have electric lights, running water and flush toilets, does not mean that we've improved. We're still doing the same things to each other the cavemen were doing to each other. In fact, now it's worse because we have weapons of mass destruction and we can kill more people from further away without having to look them in the face. So without such guidelines as these higher ideas coming from the conscious circle of humanity or coming from above us, if you will, our inner state gets worse and worse. All the while, we believe we're developing. We believe that we're heading in the right direction when we're going the opposite direction from our aim of awakening to conscious love and goodness. Just like when we were moving through Thessaloniki, we thought we were going in the right direction, but we weren't always going in the right direction. And we didn't find out until we were a long way in the wrong direction. With a GPS of higher ideas coming from the conscious circle of humanity, it's not so easy to get lost. And when you do get lost, it's much easier to find your way back to where you need to be in order to progress toward your goal, the goal of awakening, the goal of realizing conscious love and goodness. You light up an instant matter What's part of a cosmic